does stress impact the thyroid? Well, we all know that there's a huge tie-in to the adrenal glands and the thyroid. We often say T3 needs cortisol, cortisol needs T3. And oftentimes, especially in my Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group, we'll see, I will see a ton of people posting their saliva cortisol panel and their cortisol rhythm is all dysregulated. Sometimes it's too high, sometimes it's too low. And then people will just share all the stress that they are under. And we know what the last two years have been like too. So you might be stressing about your life situation, but you also might be stressing about your health. And then we get into this big cyclical stress cycle where we're stressing about our health and that's making our health worse and it's making our thyroid worse and it's making our hormones worse. And then we're stressed about it because we just gained 10 pounds because our thyroid's not working and our hormones aren't working. So that's why we need to talk about it. So today I brought on my dear friend, very special guest, Dr. Trisha Pingle. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. (laughs) <laughs> it's so amazing to have you on. Now, I want to tell folks about you first, just so they kind of know your background, because you're you're just you're so much more than the hip hop doctor. I mean, she is the hip hop doctor, but I'm just letting you know she also she's an author. She wrote Total Health Turnaround that sold over sixty thousand copies. She has a multitude of health programs: the Total Energy Turnaround, Thirty Day Total Health Turnaround, Seven Day Ultimate Detox. I mean, she just does everything. She's the CEO of Total Health Apothecary. She's the CEO of Pingle Progressive Medicine. That's a naturopathic concierge medical practice. She's a health blogger. She does Facebook and IG weekly lives. Like girl, you're just, you're just everywhere doing all the things. I love it. It's amazing. I'm not stressed out. And you're not stressed because you've nailed it. You know how to control your stress. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's dive in. You know, my jam is the thyroid. So can you go into exactly like in your experience and with your knowledge, how does stress impact the thyroid both directly and indirectly? Yeah, it's interesting because it is both direct and indirect. And you do get into this big stress hamster wheel that you were talking about earlier Essentially, the thyroid and the adrenal glands are both responsible for responding to the situation, right? So you're in the woods, you see a bear, your body goes, there's a bear, and it starts to change its physiology, right? The thyroid is one of the ways it can do that. The adrenal glaze is one way it can do it. The blood sugar, these all change. So what I find when people have been under chronic stress, meaning 
stress for a longer period of time. And I want to clarify, this doesn't always mean that it's an external stressor. This could be that your body's low in vitamin C or that you didn't get enough water that day, or it didn't, you know, you didn't sleep well or whatever. So those are internal stressors. And then we have all the external stressors that all of us are well too familiar with, you know, relationships, jobs, you know, all that fun stuff. But when stress is chronic on the body, it starts to cause adaptation, which is the beauty of our body. We adapt to stress, but one of those adaptations is to change the way that we convert T4 in the body. So instead of going to T3, it likes to go to reverse T3. And I try to like think of this like kind of like a hibernating bear. It's like, hey, I know something's coming, so I'm just going to store it around my abdomen for a while so I can run, right? It's like a storage form of thyroid, as you know. I find that when people store reverse T3, they tend to have increases in Hashimoto's antibodies, which then ultimately will turn around and have a direct impact on the T4 production eventually, not usually at first. The other ways that stress can impact is the nutritional deficit, because when you're running from a bear, you're not going to digest your food and absorb your nutrients. So we end up with a ton of nutrient deficiencies, in particular ones that mess with the thyroid, you know, all the minerals that are involved in the conversion of T4 to T3 and even in the production of T4. And then it also has an impact on insulin, right? Because when we run from a bear... We need to use blood sugar. So if we keep running, we're going to change our insulin levels, which has an impact on the thyroid. And lastly, although probably not least, it also has a direct impact on estrogens. So we end up with a lot more storage of estrone when we're under stress. Estrone, which can then feed back, inhibit the conversions of thyroid. So the way I look at it is pretty much anything that's causing stress on the body and making the body run from a bear is going to have an impact on every other hormone in the endocrine system. And the thyroid is one of the first ones to really take a hit because it's usually the one found, right? People aren't regularly checking estrone, but they're at least sometimes monitoring TSH, hopefully free T4 and free T3 and hopefully reverse T3. But we start to see that compensation and you know, we start to get symptoms and that's what calls our attention to it. But I haven't found any thyroid condition actually 100% resolved strictly by only looking at the thyroid. I mean, you have to expand into the entire body in order to truly get the thyroid working optimally. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack there. There's so much good that we have to talk about there. When you're saying, and and I want to start with the last thing you just said, there's so much more than just looking at the thyroid to optimize the thyroid. And so often, so my my whole theory, I just use this terminology all the time. I say both and, meaning, yes, we are going to look at your thyroid. And at the same time, we're going to look at your hormones and we're going to look at your insulin and we're going to look at your gut and we're going to look at your stress and we're going to look at your adrenals. Because if we just look at the thyroid, like so many doctors do, and they we just slap some thyroid medication on you, you might feel good. I mean, especially if it's not just T4. If we give you a little bit of armor, a little bit of T3, you're going to feel good for a little bit. But these are the people, and Trisha, I know you see it in your practice, just like I see it in mine. These are the people that come back and go, well, you know, this was working at first. And now I think I need more. And now it's not working so well anymore. And we're looking at it going like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think you need more thyroid medication. I think we need to do something else. So I love that you just brought up that whole connection. If you want to like kind of spiral off with that a little bit, I want to deep dive a little bit more because I think it's important for people to hear. It's definitely important for my patients to hear because sometimes they don't think about the stress that they're under and how it's impacting them. 
Well, I think it's also important. I'm going to do a little bit of a little bit of physiology here, if that's okay. But it's important to always remember when you go to the thyroid, you've got the TSH, you know, signal from the brain that signals the release of T4 from the thyroid. Okay, that T4 has to convert to do anything. Otherwise, it's kind of useless, right? So what happens most of the time is people go to the doctor, maybe they see that their TSH is off, or maybe they ran a T4 and they give them T4. But T4 will only work for so long because the question is, where is the T4 going? Is the T4 going to T3 like it's supposed to, or is it going to reverse T3? So what I find to your point is they feel great initially when they're put on T4, and then T3 isn't even more of a bonus, but that T4 still wants to convert to reverse T3. And here's the kicker. The symptoms of high reverse T3 are exactly the same as the symptoms of low T3 are exactly the same as prop like perimenopause right? Are exactly the same as adrenal fatigue. So if we sat down and we said, Hey, what's your symptom list? You know, I have hair loss. I'm tired. I'm gaining weight. My skin doesn't look so good. You know, I'm not sleeping well. I have a little bit of anxiety. My menstrual cycles are moving around. We could throw a dart and say, well, gee, it's perimenopause or, oh, gee, it's hypothyroidism or, oh, it's adrenals, right? They all have the same symptoms because they all work together. So to just hone in on even one aspect, even if someone comes to me and I just find something in the adrenals, I'm always screening the thyroid. I'm always screening the insulin and blood sugars. I'm always screening the hormones because they go hand in hand. And yeah, I think it's so often misdiagnosed. I also, if we're spinning off on a tangent, don't understand why <laughs> we're not always checking Hashibono's antibodies from the get-go. I you know, know, because I it's know. like we, we start with TSH. Oh, TSH is fine. We'll move on to T4 if the TSH is off. Well, then if the TS, T4 is up, well, then maybe we'll screen T3, but only the total T3. But then if, you know, it's like there's like this monkey manual on how we're supposed to follow this when there's really not much harm in running the entire thyroid profile all at once to get a good picture in conjunction with the others. And I should mention, these aren't specialty tests. I mean, you know, they're available at Quest and LabCorp. It's not... It's not like we're asking for some random out of the box you have to order from somewhere strange. These are all regular tests that you can absolutely request from your doctor and you should so that you can get a good lay of the land. Otherwise, you're going to treat it by doing whatever therapy and then the symptoms are going to continue to get worse. But when they look at the labs, they're going to, quote, look normal. Right. Right. Exactly. And let me expand on that, too. And I know that you'll agree. We also have some colleagues in the functional space that will only look at adrenals and they'll say, oh, well, if we just treat your adrenals, your thyroid will get better. And I'm like, so you're just going to ignore the thyroid over here. You're just going to focus on the adrenals and you're going to hope that that reverse T3 of a 20 comes down and the free T3 of a 2.2 goes up. It's not going to happen. It will improve. But that person is going to suffer for a really long time while you're just working on their adrenals. Well, and it's stressful. When the thyroid is low, that's stressful to the body. That's an internal stressor. When the iron is low, that's stressful to the body. When you're low in magnesium, that's stressful to the body. So look, I agree that stress plays a huge role in all of these scenarios. But to ignore the other scenarios, it's like, well, they're stressful in the first place. So if we're trying to remove stressors, often that means that we have to support them so that the body can regulate. And then you're treating them together as a holistic unit. And that's really how I prefer to do it. And that's how I see my best successes is by looking at everything, treating them together and monitoring them together, you know, whether or not 
someone stays on thyroid medication, comes off thyroid medication, switches their formulation is really individualized based on what happens when you start to repair, Mm -hmm. you know, the system. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many different things that can unfold once we start treatment, but if you only focus on one thing, you're going to be stuck going down just one path and you're going to miss all the other things that come up. hundred percent. hundred percent. So you said something else that I, I want to expand upon too, uh, in terms of internal stressors, not enough water, like just even that alone can be an internal stressor. And what about like not enough protein? Cause you know, I, I always harp on people getting in enough protein. Cause most of my ladies are rolling in at like 50 grams a day, which is not even enough to, to beat their heart on a daily basis. So is, is even like not eating enough because they're trying to starve themselves and over-exercise to lose the weight that they can't because of their thyroid, not eating enough protein. What are those other internal stressors that now you're bringing up and and I'm sure everyone's mind is going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's a stressor. Are you kidding me? Well, right. So there's a couple different ways I can explain this for all of you out there. I mean, first of all, keep in mind that we require water right? To function. We require protein. We require carbohydrates. So if I had an assembly line, let's say I'm going to build this pen, right? And I'm going to run it down the assembly line. Throughout that line, there's different things that need to be added, right? To build the pen, to be able to have a functioning pen. If you're missing one of those, it backs everything up. It throws the whole system off and that causes stress on the body. So if you don't have all those components to build the product, by the way, our body's product is energy, right? So if you don't have the ability to build energy, you're going to have problems. And that causes a a response in our nervous system. And this is really where adrenal fatigue comes in and why it's so important is we have these two different nervous systems that basically respond to what's going on, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. We are built to spend most of our time in the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, And we don't. We spend most of our time in the fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. And when you're in a fight or flight, you're not sleeping, you're not crave the right nutrition, you're going to reach for stuff you shouldn't be eating, right? You're going to be reached for those chips because it's quick and it'll get you energy to where you go. When you're actually in the parasympathetic, your body starts to crave what it needs. If you're really paying attention, you'll start eating more protein, you'll start eating better fats, more vegetables and be more stable. So when we're fighting with these two nervous systems, we're just causing more stress on the body, right? Because we're reacting to it. And I don't want people to beat themselves up for reacting to that because we get tested all the time. I mean, just the last couple of years have shown a lot of fight or flight, a lot more anxiety. And then we kind of get stuck in our own heads, right? And we let that dictate how we interpret it. But here's the thing. You can change the way that you interpret the stress coming in to your body. And then you can change the internal stressors by working with someone such as yourself that looks at the entire picture, gives the right nutrition, you know, gives the right support. And so then if you combine those two things together, you can actually recover and manage stress differently moving forward and with a different outlook. And that's a part that a lot of people just don't put together. All of us are going to be under stress. I don't know a single person who I could say, I have no, who says I have no stress ever. We all do. The question is, how are we going to interpret it? And what are we going to tell our nervous system about that? Which system is going to respond? Right. And that's how we ultimately change even the thyroid, right? So we get ourselves out of that stress response and really look at, I try to look at stress as challenge or like opportunities to grow. So instead of saying, oh, I'm really stressed out. I'm like, wow, this is a awesome opportunity. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. Embrace the suck, like learn. Yeah. From it. If something, 
you know, if, if something just comes your way and you're like, oh my God, I mean, you never know. And this is a whole nother podcast, but you never know if that shitty situation is going to turn into a blessing. But also, even if it is just, a, like you said, a learning opportunity or a chance for you to grow as a human being, don't always look at stressors and, and let it affect you. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. If your body's communicating with you, if you're having an anxiety attack or your thyroid is dropping, your body's trying to say, hey, hello, here I am. I have something going on. I just want to kind of let you know. And then if you don't pay attention, it's going to make it a little bit more obvious, you know? And so it's more like I try to thank my body and say, hey, I didn't sleep well last night. And that kind of sucked. But I really appreciate you letting me know that I have too much going on in my head because I didn't sleep well, you know? And so I need to figure out what I need to do today to just kind of put that at rest, let it go, put myself in that parasympathetic activity so that I'm not constantly stimulating that fight or flight and therefore having a fallout in my entire endocrine system. Now you had mentioned cortisol, high cortisol, pumping out cortisol because we're under stress and insulin. So I'm always talking about insulin resistance in its relationship to hypothyroidism, Hashimoto, since the thyroid is the master gland, I'll I'll see insulin resistance left and right, despite what the person is eating. I mean, they could be eating a keto or carnivore diet and we'll still see insulin resistance because it's just all dysregulated. So talk to me more about high stress and what that does to insulin. Well, basically cortisol and insulin are, you know, they kind of trigger each other. So if you're always running from the bear and your cortisol is being released and your body's trying to release it, there's a couple things that are happening. One, it has a direct impact on insulin where it raises it up in order to force the body to make more glucose as well to run. It also has indirect in that think about the different vitamins and minerals that are needed to even regulate blood sugar in the first place. We've got B vitamins, you know, we have some minerals in that pathway as well all directly impacted by cortisol. So cortisol comes at insulin in many different ways. And then you have the fallout from the hormones, like let's say estrone again, you know, um, from uh, the thyroid, which are also putting more stress on the body and causing more insulin. I kind of think of it as like this entangled like hamster wheel of hormones. And they're kind of all like this. And you have to just kind of start to peel one off at a time to see which one's causing which, because they'll all cause each other. High insulin will cause high cortisol, right? High cortisol will cause high insulin. You have to start communicating, have those cells start communicating in the body to utilize blood sugar appropriately. Mm -hmm. It's trying to save your life. You know, if you're running from a bear, the body's essentially triggering insulin with the impact of saving your life, putting some more fat around the abdomen for later, because- Fat is a great resource for energy. So if you want to put some in a suitcase, that's a great way to do it. The cortisol is also putting some in reverse T3. It's protecting you, right? Um, And these are the things that are causing some of the, I think one of the main reasons we're seeing a lot of metabolic syndrome and we're seeing a lot more polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we're seeing a lot more of these insulin and hormone related conditions because in the conventional side, we're not really looking at the stress impact. We're recognizing it, but we're not doing anything about it. Right. You're the the insulin expert. You could go on all day about that one. Well, and it's so inflammatory too. So then we have, we're we're back on (laughs) a hamster wheel where the insulin, I mean, we know that Alzheimer's is type three diabetes caused Mm by high Mm -hmm. insulin. I always say the fastest way to age Mm -hmm. is keep your insulin up. Just keep it up. Just keep your stress nice and high. Your insulin will be high and you will absolutely age quickly. You'll see it. You'll feel it and then you'll die sooner. I mean, that's that's a surefire way to the grave, right? 
Well, so, and you're right on the inflammation with the immune system too. I mean, it, cortisol has a direct impact on inflammation in general as well. So yeah, you've got the insulin inflammation and then you've got the inflammation that's impacting the immune system. And then little bugs start, you know, shooting by, they get past the barrier because your body's just not responsive. Yep. So absolutely. Yes. The inflammatory and then the insulin makes it more inflammatory. And then the cortisol makes it more inflammatory. Oh, goodness. Right. Right. Exactly. I get all geeked out when things like tie in together, like when we can start piecing like, and this does this, and this goes over here and it connects to this. And when you start connecting everything together, I love it. And it just makes sense. It just helps the people that are hearing this to really conceptualize it and see how things do not operate in the body independently. Everything is tied together. And when one system is off, you will have other systems off. It doesn't just stay there, especially when we're talking thyroid, endocrine, adrenals, hormones, basically. Yeah. And gut. Yeah. And gut. Yeah. I geek out too. Like we could go on, I could have a whole party and we could talk about the endocrine system biochemistry and I'd be so excited. I know. I'd be dancing on the bar by the end for sure. Screaming about estrogen and insulin and cortisol. Yeah. We could have a good old time. You know, that's going to be your next TikTok video is you making some kind of rap or hip hop dance to like the endocrine system and the thyroid. <laughs> You're going to tie it all together. I'm writing it down, Amy. I'm writing it down. I will just, do it. You tag me. You tag me in that <laughs> post. You give me some credit for that idea. Okay. Estrone. Really interesting that you said that because I have a patient who has very, very elevated estrogen, total estrogen levels. And I always like to check estrone and estradiol along with the total estrogen. So patient has really high total estrogen and her estrone is higher than her estradiol. And we don't really see that quite often. So tie that in for me. Well, I think a couple of things to think about, obviously, is timing during the cycle. You know, if you're running it during ovulation, it's a little hard to tell. But if you're looking at like a point in the cycle, like during the luteal phase, during the progesterone phase, we're looking at balances of estrogen. We're looking at estrone, estradiol, progesterone, and we're looking at them all against each other, right? So estrone is a storage. Just think of it like this, storage of estrogen. We don't really need to store estrogen. If we have enough of it, we can use it. We can metabolize it, right? So when I see someone storing estrone, there's a couple different things I look at. One is cortisol kind of also messing with progesterone because cortisol and progesterone have this relationship, right? I, I say they kind of call on each other. It's like that week before your period where you're feeling like snippy and you know nothing's right and there's too many dishes in the sink you know, and everything's getting to you, right? That's a time where you have enough progesterone and cortisol says, I'll take that. I'll take mm -hmm. that and it converts it. So we end up with these estrogens here and the progesterone dropping. So first of all, we're imbalanced. And then if you have an imbalance between the estrone and the estradiol, that's another imbalance. So we've kind of got this wacky system. So estrone is one of those things that can be protective, but isn't, I like to have it half the amount of estradiol in the luteal phase. So you're saying the opposite, right? Yep. So you have so you have estrone on top. So I either look to one, is there stress and is there a play between cortisol and progesterone? Mm -hmm. Number two, what's the liver doing? Where's our liver in all this, right? Our right. liver has to, you know, that's our liver's job is to clear out things we don't need, right? So if we have enough estradiol, assuming we are, we don't need to be storing all this estrone. So why are we? Is there a problem in 
the pathways of detoxification of hormones, one of which, which is a whole other podcast, is in the MTHFR mutation or in the folate and B vitamin mutation, where I see a ton of high estrone levels. And because of the deficiencies in B vitamins with adrenal fatigue or with cortisol, we kind of get a double whammy there. But to answer your question, yeah, I'm kind of spinning off on it, but it's kind of exciting because when estrone gets too high, it'll actually feed back on the conversion of the thyroid and inhibit T4 to go to T3. So you'll get higher reverse T3, you'll get higher incidence of Hashimoto's, right? And you're going to have all these hormone symptoms and you're going to the doctor saying, am I in perimenopause? Am I in menopause? You know, and they run your quote numbers mm-hmm. and they look quote fine, right? Because they're yep. looking at a total estrogen number. So they assume it's mostly estradiol. I find most of the time it's estrone. Estrone also, as you know, direct impact on insulin too. I mean, they're all intertwined, right? They're all intertwined. The key is you want to look at all of these and make sure that not only are they in a certain range, and I'm not a big range person, but are they balancing to each other? And does it make sense? If I see a progesterone dropping, I could have a normal estrone level and the, the person shows, the woman shows signs of estrogen dominance because they're just not in level balance. Our body is meant to go like this, right? Oh, something came along. Let's all adapt. Oh, something came along. Let's go all adapt. For those of you that can't see me, I'm holding my hands up like a scale, right? So it's like something adapts and then all of the little, you know, everything has to equal itself back out. So if you don't have what's available, it won't. So it will store. The body will always store when it can't balance. Yep. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I know that's what we do. I know I get it. I get it. But I get excited too. No, because I think that's important for for the listeners to keep in mind is because I guarantee you, if, if they're not working with you or I, they're they're getting their total estrogen maybe tested by the or maybe just estradiol tested, right? They're not getting the whole, they're not getting the whole picture. They're just not. So, well, and during the cycle, really important thing too, if you're going in and you're in your forties and they're just drawing an FSH and LH, which are the signals from the brain, number one, it's not telling us much. And number two, where in the cycle were you? And then keep in mind that our menstrual cycle goes up and down. There's certain times where estrogen is supposed to be dominant and where progesterone is supposed to be dominant. Mm -hmm. And I think so often women go in and say, I want to work up for menopause and they get a call. Hey, everything's cool. Everything's great. And there's never real explanation as to how those hormones work together to your benefit. And I think that's a really important education piece that you and I just need to continue to get out there, that there is so much communication in the body and there's so much that your body and your hormones can do for you as Mm -hmm. well as harm you if they're not in check and we're not keeping an eye on them, especially in presence of stress. Yep, definitely, 100%. So when when we're talking about looking at cortisol, what tests do you like? Because I see a lot of just, the morning blood cortisol. I'm like, okay, that that shows us one moment in time, but that's not showing what your cortisol is doing through the day. So in barring spending a large amount of money on a Dutch test, which is great if someone can do it, I prefer just a four-point saliva cortisol panel. So, and I want to kind of pick your brain on that and then also go through some scenarios that I've that I've seen and get your thought on that. So what kind of testing do you like for adrenals? You know, I've been doing this a long time, so it's changed. When I first started looking at adrenals, I did the cortisol, you know, the four points throughout. And what I found is that there were a lot of very similar trends. I can pretty much sit down with someone and tell them exactly what their cortisol is doing by them just saying to me, hey, this is my symptom. This is where I'm at. I can also tell a lot from the thyroid panel in the blood, the hormone panel, the insulin, the blood sugar, the metabolics, the general intake. So I'm one of those people that's moved a lot towards just a simple blood cortisol. 
Okay. And, and I'll tell you why, in balance with all of the others. Now, if I had a case where the rest of them didn't tell me exactly what I was anticipating to be told, I would 100% go to the four-point saliva cortisol if I was confused at all. I think there's a lot um, to pay attention to in DHEA, which is above cortisol. I think you can never really get an accurate cortisol reading because if you're scared to get your blood drawn, your cortisol is going to change, right? If you you had a bad day yesterday, it's going to change. You can never actually get a perfect reading anyway. This is all just data that we put together and we analyze. So a lot of the times I'm looking at, is there enough DHEA, enough too little, or just the right amount? Above that, what's the cholesterol doing? Because cholesterol makes hormones. So I kind of look at the whole pathway. I draw it out. And then I take the cortisol into account. If I want more fine tuning and I want an exact, then I look exactly as you do to the salivary cortisol. Yeah. But often I can, you know, get the body in balance and have people feeling better without having to put that out of pocket cost. So I try to eliminate it if I don't have to. Yeah. Now you and I are very similar. I, I, I hate <laughs> out of pocket costs. If, if we don't have to, then we don't like what we can get yeah. with blood is a beautiful thing. So Let's save some money there. But I do have, right now, currently, I have a patient that had a previous doctor do a four-point saliva cortisol, and she was actually one of the very few that I've seen flatlined, flatlined low. I mean, I rarely, and I've said this before on other podcasts, the only other time that I have seen a true flatlined low cortisol outside of an autoimmune condition is when a woman had lost her son in a drunk driving accident and got a divorce and a move all in the same year. Like it was heavy duty trauma stress. I usually don't, we we tend to hear the term, well, my adrenals are blown. My, I have adrenal (laughs) fatigue. Well, do you, are you flatlined like that person is, or are you just a little bit tired during the day? So when I, when I see like someone has a previous, obviously we're going to retest her and see if she's still flatline low. But how often do you see true, like the adrenals have shit the bed and they are done? The only time I've ever seen it is in Addison's disease. And right. I will tell you, I, and I say this all the time, adrenal fatigue is a poor name because adrenal fatigue does not always mean you're fatigued. Right. Stage one adrenal fatigue, you're freaking superwoman, man. You can do everything. If you imagine your cortisol going all the time, and you're like, I got a bear, I got another bear, I'm gonna kill that bear, I'm on this, I'm on my path, you know, and you're doing everything. You might not be paying attention to the little details around you. You might not be as present in your life as you think you are, but you're kicking butt, right? So the word fatigue isn't necessarily correct. Most people, when they come to me, are in stage two, which is when there's a roller coaster. It's like sometimes the cortisol's up, it's the rhythm's off right? And it's causing impact on other areas of the endocrine system, nutrition, digestion, immune system, you name it. Adrenal fatigue is just a simply mismanaged adrenal function. It's just when the body is poorly adapting to stress. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. Your body is under stress and it is adapting to it. And that is causing a symptom. And that's a normal adaptation. And I think when I use the stat, you know, this is pre- pre-pandemic was 80% of Americans have adrenal fatigue. People are like, no, but they do because we're being stimulated by cortisol. That doesn't mean that you're bottomed out. And I find a lot of the treatments that people, when they go to Google, they're like, what do I do for adrenal fatigue? And everyone's recommending stimulating stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yes. hold up, hold up. Wait a second. If you're in stage one, we want to calm you down. We don't want to speed you up. We want to go to the more to the parasympathetic activity, right? If you have a car and you want to drive to the store, 
you know, if you have gas in it and then you just keep, you know, like if you're wearing it down and you have no gas, you're going to put more gas in it. But if you have plenty of gas and you're able to do whatever you want, well, then maybe we need to stop at the spa and take a little downtime, maybe not shove your day with so much stuff. We have this instinct, particularly women to do everything. Yep. That's All right. At the same time. <laughs> that's so true. That's, we can. And, and I love that we think so much the same because I'm I'm always saying that too. People will just run out and they'll buy an adrenal supplement and they'll just start throwing it on. And they don't know whether they're high, they're low, what their pattern is. They don't know what the supplement does. They just buy it because it says adrenal on it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's crazy. They don't even know what they're doing to themselves. And it could be making it significantly worse. It's kind of like putting T4 in and it turns to reverse T3. You think you're doing a good thing, but it's actually causing more stress on the body. And I think 99% of the time, my clients need to calm their nervous system, not build it. 99% of the time. And that comes to really looking at nutrition, looking at exercise that includes supporting the parasympathetic nervous system, looking at supplements that just replenish what's not working well. It's not replacing anything. It's just like, Hey, you know, we need to modulate this a little bit. So let's throw in some herbs or some nutrition there. And then really looking at that mindset piece is the fourth part. Cause that's what, that's the future of reducing stress is really tricking the brain into not worrying about the bear. Right. Curl up with mine. I'm going to curl up with mine and snuggle him, name him my bear. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just just love on that bear, man. Just love on him, just like your dog. <laughs> just like Piggy. So <laughs> she's here. <laughs> she's here. Yeah, Riley's over there too. Yeah. I, something you said triggers something in my head. These adrenal cocktails that I'm seeing online. Some people will say, I did this adrenal cocktail of like orange juice and salt. Can you talk to me about, is there any, any any benefit to that? Or is it just a bunch of hoo-ha? I mean, I don't know very many things that you can drink orange juice and salt and feel but like, I just don't right. get it. I don't get it. I And I don't think I spent a lot of time really looking at it because it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, first of all, yes, orange juice has vitamin C, but not as much as you may think. It's right. mostly sugar. So, okay, so you're drinking sugar and then you're adding salt in. Well, if your electrolyte balance is not, out of balance, why would you add salt? I mean, if you think about it, if you're in stage one and you're running from a bear and you raise your blood pressure, you're actually going to increase your salt. So why would you assume you have low salt? Low salt comes from that bottom line person, right? Mm-hmm. Flatline. Yeah. We've already established that's not a common situation. So you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I suppose in the defense of all these things out there is when you're in the woods and you're running from that bear, you just grab for whatever's fastest, cheapest, and quick, right? Right. Because you right. don't have time. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever like driven home from work and you don't remember how you got home, but you got home? Yeah, exactly. Right. So when you're running from the bear, you don't remember the lake you ran by or the flowers you saw or what path you took. You're just on autopilot. You're just going. So when someone's on autopilot, they're going to grab for whatever catches their attention and they're not necessarily going to read more into it. I haven't played with those cocktails because I don't understand how they would work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know you? if I was missing something just because I haven't <laughs> gone down that rabbit hole. I had one patient swear that it's working for, and I was like, okay, just roll with that. But I, I just can't see how basically drinking a sugar salt cube is going to help at all. Plus you're having unstable blood sugars and maybe the sugar kind of help, like when you're hypoglycemic and you drink orange juice and you feel better. I mean, it could be more of a blood sugar issue, you know, 
not going to say it can't help, but will it actually improve adrenal function physiologically? I don't see how. You just got to hug the bear, hug the bear, get better nutrients and better sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what you got to do. You work with, and you have a, a ton of programs based around this. You work with a lot of people that are experiencing fatigue that really are are on the struggle bus as many of my listeners are as well on the struggle bus with you know how do i even just get through the day and 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 what do i do to to get my energy back and really totally turn it around like one of your one of your programs one of your books so what do you how do you work with people what do you see in terms of working to boost energy are we back to kind of looking at all things Yeah, looking at those four different areas, and I'll go more into that. But you know, it's funny because I spent so many years personally going to doctors. Oh, my periods are heavy. Oh, that's normal. Oh, well, I want to get pregnant. You know, should we look at my labs? Oh, you know, you're fine. You're healthy. Hey, I'm having a lot of acne. You know, oh, well, let's give you an antibiotic. You know, as a kid, lots of stomach aches. And then as a young adult and becoming, you know, going to med school and becoming and married and having babies and trying to run a practice and all this stuff you know, losing, you know, I lost my mom and my dad been through a lot of grief and different things. And when you go through those things and you're powering through, it's really hard to think that you can ever just get over it. And it's really hard to think that it could be as simple as just paying attention to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But from healing my own adrenal fatigue and constantly always adapting to that. I mean, it never goes away. Right. Because our adrenal glands are always adapting. But From doing that, the one thing that I've really realized is one of the most important steps is to recognize where stress is impacting you. Is it showing up in the thyroid? Is it showing up in nutrition? Is it showing up physically? Where is it? And then getting together and drawing that map out and learning. I think education is so important here because I don't know, I don't have any two clients that are identical, right? They all have different stressors, different diets, different genetics, different life, right? Mm-hmm. But I do find that when we we look at, okay, where am I being impacted? And you start really listening to what your body's trying to tell you. And then you start to repair the nutrition, start to do the exercise portion, the supplement portion, and then the mindset, which is could be as simple as one minute every hour, just walking outside and doing deep breathing. As simple as that. And then listen to what the body says to you when you do that. So when I get stressed out, my gut flares up every time. And you'd think being an adrenal fatigue doctor, I wouldn't let that happen, but it does. Like I get stressed, maybe I'm working on something or whatever. And then I have to go back and say, okay, I need to get back to making sure I'm breathing. I need to make sure that I'm putting, you know, my herbs in my water, that I'm really looking at my diet closely. Is there something that I've missed? And I have to back up and kind of do my protocols regularly. Mm -hmm. And I do, I probably do a protocol a couple of times a year. Stress is a maintenance thing. It's something that we just need to do one thing at a time. And I think maybe your listeners would agree, you know, when you're out there and you have all these symptoms and you're not really getting answers, it's almost hard to just start because you think I can't possibly do this perfectly. I can't possibly get everything. And the bottom line is you just need to do one thing, just one thing. Right. And just focus on that. Listen to the body. When you figure that out and it becomes routine, you go to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And healing is a process. Yeah. And it's, we're not always going to feel great, but if we can figure out why we're not feeling great and understand what our body's trying to tell us, it makes it a lot easier to be like, okay, I need to take that supplement today. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Does that yeah. help? No, that totally helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because those are actionable things that people can do right now. And you've given everyone enough to really chew on and to sit back and recognize that you know, your fatigue might not be one thing. It's not... You know, it's not always thyroid. It's not always, yeah, it's just not one thing. 
It never is. And it's progressive, you know? And so when you were asking about my programs and my book, I mean, these are the things, the first thing that I set out to do was education. Cause I was like, all right, if someone doesn't understand what stress is doing to them, they can't possibly know where to start. Right. At all. So the first place is to just start listening to your body, start documenting it, start paying attention and start educating yourself on how the body is impacted. And that's what I do in these programs. And that's one of what I do with my one-on-one. I'm like, all right, well, let's get the lay of the land. What's going on? You know? Right. And then once we figure that out it be, and you take it in small pieces, it becomes so much easier. And then when you look back a year later, you're like, wow, you know, gosh, my hair didn't fall out this year. You know, we get so caught up in just like right now. Yeah, we do. I know. But we don't forget to do the little things right now that we should do. Yeah. <laughs> like breathe. Like breathe. Exactly. <laughs> And drink water and sleep and sleep. Any protein. Yeah. yeah. Any protein. Right. Any protein. Now, Trisha, you had mentioned your books, your programs. So tell people where, where they can find you. Where can they buy your books? Where can they jump into one of your programs? Tell the yeah. peeps where to find you. All right. Well, drpingle.com is always a great place to start. And it has all of my social media handles, has linked to my book, online store. I announced programs. But I would love for all of you, if you want to have some fun, you want to learn more, follow me on social media, say hi, tell me where you found me. I love meeting new people. That's probably one of my favorite things about my job is just to get out there and meet new people and hear their struggles and see how I can support. So drpingle.com is the main hub for everything. Absolutely. And we'll put all of that in the show notes, the whole deal, everything, all your social links. So it'd be really super easy for people to find you. But I just love you to death. I love this conversation. We are going to have you back on 100% because you and I do so much of the same thing. We could go down so many different rabbit holes and it's just, it's just fun. It's just so much fun. And we could dance. I mean, we could dance maybe. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you could dance and I'll just, I'll just do the cabbage patch. There you go. Or the shopping cart, you know. Or the shopping cart or the lawnmower. Yeah, sprinkler, sprinkler. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get get our dance on. (sighs) Patricia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, your knowledge. This is going to be just a kick-ass episode. People are really going to, they're going to get down on it because we're all under stress and everybody is always thinking about their adrenals. Well, it's been a pleasure and I love being here. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. You're awesome. All right. Take care, everyone.